0: I was dealing with a, a situation this week and I was talking to a friend of mine as we were trying to work through it and figure out how to troubleshoot it and we were trying to fix something that honestly we had kind of messed up and and we this phrase popped into our head where I said this, this can't be the headline of what went on like our screw-up cannot be the headline of what went on and that that phrase has kind of stuck with me this week as I've been diving into this next section of Philippians this idea of What do you want the headline of your life to be? See, in the section in Philippians we're going to be in today, as we finish Philippians chapter 1, Paul shares some what I would call headlining verses. In fact, in Philippians 1, Paul shares in verses 21, it says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I would suggest that that might be the headline of Paul's life. And it got me thinking about this idea of headline. So just humor me this morning uh, I found about what I would call my top 10 online of headlines that maybe didn't go the way they wanted, and so we're going to look at those this morning. State population to double by 2040, babies to blame. <laughs> Moms and dads might have had something to do with that. Um, and number two, rooms with broken air conditioners are hot. <laughs> Thank you. Forecasters call for weather on Monday, the only time they've ever gotten it right. All right? <laughs> number four, that's my favorite. Mississippi's literacy program shows improvement. (laughs) If you don't know why that's funny, your literacy program needs improvement too. Uh, Number five, breathing oxygen linked to staying alive. Good to know. Number six, students cook and serve grandparents. Sometimes commas are really important. (laughs) Number seven, (laughs) farmer using cannon to protect watermelons. I instantly thought of four or five of you that that could have been about. This, I like this one, we hate math, say 4 in 10, a majority of Americans. If you don't know why that's funny, you hate math too. <laughs> alright, uh, number nine, <laughs> forgive me now, alright, marijuana issue sent to a joint committee. <laughs> if you don't know why that's funny, we can't be friends. Um, alright, this is the last one, Waterford boy, 8 years old, save sisters live, but look at the, the quote underneath. I wouldn't do it again. She's been a pain this whole week. (laughs) In our passage this morning, Paul gives us some headlines. In fact, Paul's going to share more than one verse that is the headline of his life. And he's going to share some things with us that, that should be the headlines of our life as well as we seek to live for Christ and as we try to live in Christ. And there's a lot of things in Paul's life that are competing for his headline. Paul's confined to prison, and there's a lot of people that are trying to make that the headline of Paul's life. Paul's being opposed by people who claim to follow Jesus, and there's a whole group that's trying to make that the headline of Paul's life. Paul's a former murderer of Christians, and there's people who try to make that the headline of Paul's life. Later on, Paul shares his impressive resume among the elite of the religious group, and they try to make that the headline of Paul's life. But Paul, in Philippians chapter 1, makes certain that you and I know what the headline of his life is supposed to be. So we're going to start at the last half of verse 18, right where we left off last week. And Paul says, yes, I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this is going to turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Jesus will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, if I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Jesus Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh seems more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you. And, And I've always found this dialogue with Paul interesting. Like I've always found this this competition in Paul's mind to be kind of funny because the reality is it's not Paul's choice anyway, right? Like it's not like Paul can go to God and go, you know what, God, I think I'm done. And God goes, okay, Paul, and takes him up. That's not the deal that Paul and God have. And so I think what Paul is doing in this passage is he's wrestling, he's wrestling with the desires of his heart. There's part of him that that really does long to stay and serve the people that God has put in his life. And yet, Paul's tired. Paul's been in prison multiple times by now. Paul's been beaten, Paul's been ridiculed, Paul's been persecuted, and Paul is tired. And part of Paul desires to be done with Jesus, or to be done with this life and to be living with Jesus for all eternity. And so Paul gives us two headlines that he says define his life. And the first one is this, Paul says, while I'm alive, I'll live for Jesus. All the other stuff doesn't matter to Paul. Paul says, as long as I'm alive, I'm living for Jesus. That's what being a Christian is. That's what it means to live for Jesus above everything else. Everything else, Paul says, is secondary to living for Jesus. And and it makes me wonder, how would you and I complete that sentence that Paul uses? How would would we complete the headline, for me, living is blank? And and if we're honest this morning, it often gets filled, that blank gets filled with cheap substitutes, right? Right? For me to live is, is money, or power, or sexual pleasure, or beauty, or entertainment. But, but using the logic of Paul in this passage, notice what fills the second blank. See, what you put in the first blank, for me to live is, will define what comes in the second blank. For me to live is this, then dying will be this. And Paul says, for me to live is Christ, and because that's what fills his first blank, then the second blank is dying will be gain. But if I fill the first blank with a substitute, it changes. If I say living is money, then the second blank has to be dying is being broke. After all, you you can't take it with you. If I say living is sexual pleasure, then the second blank would say dying is having no more pleasure. What about power? The second blank would be dying is powerless. If I say living is beauty, then I must conclude that dying is losing all beauty and rotting. If I live for entertainment, then my gravestone would read dying is having no more fun. But if I'm living for Jesus, then dying is gain. And Paul says the headline of his life will be as long as I'm alive, I'm living for Jesus. Jesus. He says something similar in Ephesians chapter 4. When Paul wrote his letter to the Ephesian church, he said, I, As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you, I urge you to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with each other in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to live for Jesus. There's a biography written about a man named Bob Pierce, and in this story, he tells a story of a man named Dr. Charles McCoy, who was a pastor in Oyster Bay, New York. And Dr. McCoy was, uh, had seven university degrees, and he had gotten up in age about 72, and his church expected him to probably step down and retire. But Dr. McCoy was an explorer at heart, and everyone was surprised when he retired from his church, he sold everything he owned, and he moved to India where somebody had invited him to preach in a part of the world where most people had never heard the gospel. And his friends actually tried to dissuade him. then they went to Dr. McCoy and they said, you're 72 years old. Like, you don't have a lot of time left, no offense. <laughs> they said, you, you, you could die in India. And I love what Dr. McCoy said. He replied, he said, well... From what I know, it's as close to heaven in India as it is from here. For me to live is Christ. That has to be the first headline of our life. And there will be thousands of things like Paul that compete to win the headline of your life and mine. But the headline of a follower of Christ has to be, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to live for Jesus. And when that is your headline, then the second one is true. Paul's second headline, he says, If I die, then I'll be with Jesus, and that's even better. If I'm alive, I'm going to live for Jesus, but if I die, I'll be with Jesus, and that's even better. See, the end of our life must be secure before the present in our life can be stable. The, when you and I come to Jesus, when we come to the cross and we give our lives to Jesus, then we realize we know that the only thing that death can do to us is usher us into the presence of Jesus. And when you and I as followers of Jesus know, when we know with complete assurance that the only thing death can do is usher me into the presence of Jesus, then and only then can I live with fearless faith. Romans 8, Paul said this about this life. He said, I consider the sufferings of this life, of this present time, they're not worth comparing with the glory that's revealed in us. Paul says creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know, Paul says, we know that all of creation, the whole of creation has been groaning, has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, we groan inwardly, as we wait for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Paul reminds us that when we are in Christ, that if we die, we'll be with Christ, and there's nothing better. That the stuff that we go through in this life isn't even remotely comparable to the glory that we will receive when Jesus returns and takes us to be with him forever. The story's told of a missionary couple that had served over 40 years, clear across the world. And they had messaged all their supporters and written them and told them that they were coming home for good. They were retiring and coming back to the States and they were steaming on a ship into England. And as they got close to the shoreline, they saw this huge sign that said, welcome home. We're so proud of you. And there was hundreds of people on the shore waiting for this boat to arrive. And a big band started playing and 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 the husband looked at his wife, he says, isn't this wonderful? He's like, I I can't believe all these people came for us. And his wife was so overjoyed, she she just cried. (laughs) And and they went down under the boat to get all their luggage, and as they came back up, they walked down the gangplank, and everybody had left. And in a moment, they realized that none of those people were there for them. That This group of people had actually come to welcome home some politician who had returned from some foreign success. In fact, there wasn't a single person to greet them at all after 40 years of serving the kingdom. And for the husband, he, he couldn't hide his disappointment. He, he looked at his wife and he said, after a lifetime of service, after a lifetime of serving Jesus, this isn't much of a welcome home. And his wife took him by the arm, and she looked in his eyes, and she said this. She said, it's it's okay, sweetheart. This is just England. We're not really home yet. Can I tell you this morning, church, that when you live for Jesus, and when your life is in Jesus, the gain that comes when you go to be with Jesus is beyond description. It is indescribable what Jesus has prepared for you and for me when we come home. It will pale. It will make every other headline of your life pale in comparison. N.T. Wright, the Bible scholar, said it this way. He said, imagine a boy that was born blind. And from his earliest years, he'd heard his parents' voices. He'd felt the touch of their hands. He knows them, but he's never had any of the hundreds of joys of seeing them. He's he's never seen the look in his father's eye or the smile on his mother's face. Imagine this boy has an operation so that for the first time he can see his parents. Imagine the bandages being taken off of his eyes and meeting those of his parents for the very first time. For seeing his father and mother for the very first time. Putting visuals with all the things that he's felt his entire life. And N.T. Wright says, I suggest that that is something, granted a very small something, of what heaven will be like. That here on earth we know in part what we will know someday in full. Paul says the headline of his life is to, if he's alive, he's going to live for Jesus. And if he dies, he'll be with Jesus, and that's even better. And Paul goes on, In four more verses in chapter 1, he says, let your life, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus, so that whether I come to see you or not, or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, that you're not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that's from God, he says for it's been granted to you that for the sake of jesus christ you should not only believe in jesus but you should also suffer for his sake because you're engaged in the same conflict that you and i saw and now hear and still have and so paul asks a simple question as we wrap this up this morning paul says the headline of his life is he's alive he's living for jesus And if he dies, he'll be with Jesus, and that's even better. And so Paul says, what's your headline going to be? Paul challenges the Philippians, and he challenges us in the same manner, that he says, will the headline of your life be living a life that's worthy of the gospel? Paul calls us to live a life that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus, and Paul gives us five things in this really short passage that are part of living for the gospel. Paul says if if you and I are living for the gospel, we're standing together. He says we're standing firm. And that word firm, in the Greek, it means stationary. It's a a fixed position. The word is actually a word called stecho. And what it means is it's a military term for people, for soldiers who are anchored in the front lines of battle. And Paul says if you and I are to live a life worthy of the gospel, then we have to stand together firm for Jesus. He says we have to strive together for the gospel and, and that word that that the, tr- the bible translates as strive is actually a word called sonathaleo and, and that word sonathaleo it's where we get the word athlete and paul says if, if we're standing together for jesus if we're striving together for jesus it's this idea of maximum effort for the gospel together Paul says living a life worthy of the gospel means we stand together, we strive together, we grow together. Paul says you're sanctified together. We talked about that last week, becoming more and more like Jesus together. He says we suffer together and we struggle together. We stand, we strive, we grow, we suffer, we struggle. But notice all five of those have one thing in common. Together. See, the key in all of these things for Paul is we do this together. If we're going to live in Christ and live for Christ, we have to do it together. And so church, the question we have to ask this morning is what will be our headline? See, Paul wanted to make absolutely certain that people didn't get the wrong headline for his life printed. See, people all around Paul wanted to make his life headline be all about his suffering and all about his enduring, and rightfully so. Paul has suffered a lot, and the Philippian church loves Paul, and they're concerned for Paul, and they want to make sure people know what Paul's going through, but Paul tells them that cannot be the headline of my life. Paul says my suffering is not what most people need to know. We looked last week, Paul says, my suffering is actually advancing the gospel. It's actually removing obstacles for the gospel. And Paul says, my life is not about what I've suffered. Paul says, my life is not about what's happened to me or around me. Paul says, my life is about what's happened in me. My life is about rejoicing in the life that I have in Jesus. And my life is about rejoicing in others who come to Jesus, regardless of the headlines of the world around me. <clears throat> I was reading a commentary by a guy named Tony Marita this week, and he said this, I love this, he said, can you imagine how frustrating Paul was for the guards? Like We talked a little bit about this last week, that Paul's just so excited all the time that sometimes you want to punch him in the face. He says, can you imagine if you're guarding Paul in prison? And the guard says, hey, Paul, we don't really like you or your Messiah, and we're going to kill you. And Paul says, that'd be great. Boy, dying would be so much gain. That'd be awesome. And the guards are like, okay. He says, and then the guards say, well, on second thought, we're going to let you live. And Paul says, well, that'd be great. Because that means I get to be fruitful laborer for, the, for Jesus. That'd be great. <laughs> and the guards said, well, well, fine. We're going to let you live, but we're going to make you suffer. And Paul says, oh, thank you. Because the sufferings of this world are nothing compared to the glory I'll get when Jesus is revealed. You guys are the best. (laughs) Like, can you imagine? Like, if I'm guarding Paul, just like, what? But see, when the headline of our life is about what Jesus has done in us, and when the headline of our life is about Jesus returning to take us to be with him, and the other headlines don't really matter. Can I tell you, when that's your headline, it frustrates the world. But after it frustrates them, it wins them. Because at some point, these guards go to Paul and go, how do you do this? And Paul says, let me tell you about Jesus. The, The prophet Habakkuk said it this way. He said, even though the fig tree will not blossom... Even though there's no fruit on any of the vines, even though they produce, uh, the produce of olives fail and the fields yield no food, even though the flock be cut off from the fold and there's no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. The prophet of Bacchus says, "Even though the whole world has been destroyed around me, I will rejoice because the headline of my life has nothing to do about what goes on around me. It has everything to do with the transformation that Jesus is doing in me." Do you see the power of that perspective this morning? I mean, it's incredible. Kill me, fine. I'll be with Jesus. Let me live? Okay, I'll live for Jesus. Make me suffer? That's fine, I'll rejoice because Jesus will be made known by how I handle the suffering. My life falls apart? That's okay, my reward is in Jesus. That's an unstoppable life that only comes because of what Jesus has done. What does it mean to live a life worthy of the gospel? it reminded me of the movie Saving Private Ryan. I don't know if you've seen that. But in this movie, there's a soldier named Private Ryan, and all of his brothers have died in battle. And and so the government sends this, this regiment of soldiers to find Private Ryan and take him home so that his mother does not lose all of her sons in the war. And at the very end of the movie, they are just getting to where they need to go, and this attack comes, and half of the regiment dies, and Tom Hanks, who's the leader of this regiment he's sitting against uh, this jeep that's been flipped over and he's bleeding and he's dying and he leans in and private ryan leans in and he whispers these words to him he says earn it he says earn it and if you go to the end of the movie private ryan many years later is standing in the military cemetery and he's reflecting on this thought and he says this he says i've spent my whole life trying to live up to those words trying to earn the sacrifice that you and your men made for me. But here's the thing about that movie. <laughs> he can't earn it. It's, it. I mean, it's literally impossible for him to earn it. It had already been done. See, see in my mind, earning something means I did it so that I can receive it. But, but the irony of that whole movie is that it had already been done before they asked him to earn it. See, see the reality is this morning... Whether that guy lived a good life, a bad life, or somewhere in between, it would not change the sacrifice that had already been made so he could live. He could not earn it in any sense of the word. But he could decide to live a life worthy of the sacrifice that had been paid so that he could live. Church, as the band comes to lead us this morning in our song, The same is true for you and me. Can I tell you this morning, you cannot earn what he did on the cross for you. It's literally impossible. It's already been done. And whether you live a good life, a bad life, or something in between, it will not change what Jesus has done for you and me on the cross. We cannot earn it. It has already been paid. But we can live a life that's worthy of it. We can live a life that makes what Jesus did the headline of everything we do. We can live a life that points people to the sacrifice that has been made so that others will know that they can be set free. So as we get ready to sing this morning, I'm going to read... An old prayer from St. Patrick, an evangelist in Ireland in the 5th century. It's my prayer this morning that as we pray this and as we get ready to sing, that you and I would be convicted to live in Jesus and for Jesus. And can I tell you this morning that the only thing you need to do to live in Jesus is to believe. To believe that Jesus died for your sins to believe that he is the only way that you can have eternal life forever. And the Bible says when you believe that, it tells you to repent, to turn around from your old life, and to respond through the act of baptism. That's how you live in Christ. You can't do anything for that. And because of what Jesus has already done, we can live for Christ in the security of that if we die, then we'll be with Jesus forever. And that's the best thing ever. So this morning as we pray this, I just invite you to decide to, be, to live for Jesus. And maybe for you, today's the first day you decided that. I'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe for some of us today, it's just the daily decision that we need to make. But we invite you, To make the headline of your life a savior that never goes away. To make the headline of your life be that Jesus died for me. So I'm going to live for him. And if I die, it'll be even better because I'll be with him forever. Let's pray. Jesus, as we come to you today, we simply ask that the strength of God would pilot us. Father, we ask that the power of God uphold us, the wisdom of God would guide us. May the eye of God look before us, and may the ear of God hear us. May the word of God speak for us, and may the hand of God protect us. May the way of God lie before us, and the shield of God defend us, and the host of God save us. May Jesus Christ shield us today. Jesus with me, Jesus before me, Jesus behind me, Jesus in me, Jesus beneath me, Jesus above me, Jesus on my right, Jesus on my left, Jesus when I lie down, Jesus when I sit and when I stand, Jesus in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Jesus in every eye that sees me, Jesus in every ear that hears me. May the headline of our life this morning be Jesus, nothing more and nothing less. Amen and amen.